It's not good news, comic fam. We may have a race to the bottom on some of the books that are found on our trending list this week. You have to hit the subscribe button. We're here every seven days covering the most trending, hottest books in the comic book marketplace. But not this book. We have a brand new book this week coming in at number 10. We have Ghost Machine number one, the one in a hundred variant. We are seeing $130 average sales and a high raw sale that was a pre-sale for $220. Now this was autographed by Jason Fabok and hand numbered to only 775 copies. Totally explains why this book is so hot this week. Brand new this week. 64 pages, six different stories, 13 different creators, and four different universes. I'm getting some distillery vibes here, Ryan. I didn't plan it this way. I just really like distillery, and I really like this shirt, to be completely honest. But, yeah, this is a uh, this is kind of like the next uh, era of uh, comics. I'm, it's, it's, it's exciting to see all these new publishers coming out and these creators that I personally really love kind of doing their own thing. It feels like what I imagine it felt like to be around back in the 90s when Image first formed you know, you get favorite fan favorite creators striking out and uh, doing it on their own. And it's very inspiring as a first time creator myself. Geiger is in here. We also have a bunch of new stories, including the one that's on the list, which is a new character, which is why I think this exclusive is selling so well. But what else do we have in this comic book? Like Tom mentioned, uh, Geiger is uh, returning in this comic. That's a book by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. You've also got Red Coat, which is another book in their uh, unnamed universe that they're doing over there. Uh, I also am really looking forward to Hyde Street by Ivan Rice from uh, Blackest Night. That's going to have some really scary, creepy artwork in there. That's going to be a good one. Rocket Fellers by Francis Manipal. It's like they took a whole bunch of people I love and gave them a whole publishing company, which is what happened here with Distillery, and now it's happening here with Ghost Machine. So I'm, I'm happy right now. I'm, I'm very, very happy as a comic reader. And number nine on the list is because Wolverine is giving Deadpool a piggyback ride in one of these set photos. We have Deadpool, Circle Chase, Issue No. Nope, it's just Deadpool, the ongoing series. Yeah. That's right. This is the uh, oversized, printed on terrible paper, atrocious to try to acquire in high-grade ongoing Deadpool series from 1997. So this book's going for about $50 averages, but we did just see a 9.8 sale back in November for $250. In January 25th, we also had a newsstand 9.8 go for $475. This is down substantially from the record high sales of $650 for a regular 9.8, but it's a 275% increase in copies sold this week. Now, this may be one of those last set photos that we see because we know Deadpool 3 has finally wrapped, and there were tears, there was joy there's a great photo of Hugh Jackman getting his beard shaved off I mean this is kind of the end of an era and now all we have to do is wait for the movie this book is when Deadpool as a personality starts to take shape this is really the Deadpool we all know it started in this issue and it's cool to see it trending on the list next we have at number eight the bad news I was discussing but really, the only good news as it pertains to Madam Webb, which is that we have Sydney Sweeney. And I think both of you guys can agree. Yeah, unfortunately, we were researching for this uh, last night. We got a little sidetracked because uh, Tom and I really like Sydney Sweeney. And she's, she's gorgeous, dude. She's honestly like the lone bright spot in this movie. I'm personally not excited for this. I know there's people in our audience who are, and I wish I had a fraction of your enthusiasm for this movie. I kind of want to see it as like a... You know, a freak show, science experiment sort you of You only want to see it I still haven't see seen Morbius, to be fair. Julia Carpenter, Sydney Sweeney. We have the first appearance on the list with Marvel's Superhero Secret Wars number 7. $20 averages, 9.8s hitting 264. 
There's also a double key. This is the first time that we see She-Hulk fight Titania, which is why this book was relevant years ago. We know we're not getting any more She-Hulk. But this book is also a major part of the first Marvel event. I think it has the ability to like live longer than the Madam Web. And yeah, I'm going to still see this movie because of Cindy Sweeney. There's a 175% increase in copies sold this week. And we have a bit of speculation and a bit of... Well, rumors right now. Rumors are that there's a one hour and 56 minute runtime, which would make it the absolute longest Sony Marvel Spider-Verse movie to date. The other thing is that we have box office projections that this is supposed to be the lowest grossing Sony Marvel movie to date. Now, take that with a grain of salt. We've already talked about the movies and the, all this speculation and people doom and glooming. Guys, I went to the Beekeeper last night, and I mean, it was great that I was able to go and see a really fun movie but yeah it was like 40 bucks for popcorn and soda so at this point in time it's just so expensive i don't know if people are going to get 40 dollars worth of enjoyment out of this movie and then scout comics just did it again with orson wells warrior of the world's number one did you know that there's an orson wells like alt history comic book well scout printed it and it came out in 2023 and it's hitting five dollar average sales high raw sales eight dollars because it just got picked up it got optioned and I'll also foreshadow a little bit. This isn't the only Scout comic book to be optioned this past week. Stay tuned. We do have a 275% increase in copies sold on this, and there are no copies in the CGC census at all. This book has not been slabbed at all. It's probably running under everybody's radar, including my own. But as a movie buff myself, as a big fan of Citizen Kane and Orson Welles and the whole radio broadcast drama he did way back in the day, this comic uh, is a laugh. If you flip through it, you'll see a lot of parallels to Citizen Kane, too. The comic is in black and white. There's direct references to the whole snow globe, rosebud opening sequence. It's fun. If you if you know the movie, this is a it's an extra wrinkle of of enjoyment from this comic book. Orson Welles is getting like a documentary made about his life, and it turns out that he actually like filmed aliens before, and he works for the government, the CIA. It's a really fun book. And Scout Comics, they make a lot of books, and I would say that they're one of the biggest publishers pumping out so much content because it's being read. I don't see a lot of people specking on Scout comic books. They're in it for the ride to read it, which is exciting because when something does happen, which it's happened multiple times in the last few years, those books typically go from like cover price and they stay around cover price. Hey guys, have you checked your calendar lately? Because you know what? We were supposed to see the El Muerto movie two weeks ago. That's true, that's true. But this is number six on the list. Web of Spider-Man number 36, first appearance of Tombstone, who is supposed to be the villain in Sony's El Muerto movie that has been pushed multiple times for release. We are seeing $20 average sales and a high 9.8 at $350. Pushed, pushed, and then canceled at this point. It's crazy to think that the movie was supposed to have come out by now since the announcement years ago. But here's the thing. An increase of 500% in copies sold because Tombstone, yes, was speculated on. And now rumors are circulating that he may be the street-level villain that may go up against Tom Holland, Peter Parker in Spider-Man 4, which makes sense. I thought we were going to get a street-level hero vibe in Spider-Man 4. And we're finding out that Marvel wants that, Tom Holland wants that, but Sony doesn't. And I want to know the thoughts from the community in the comment section below. What direction do you want them to take? 
Yeah, that was a big uh, rumor we heard this week about the butting heads between Kevin Feige over at Marvel about wanting it to be a street-level movie and people at Sony wanting it to bring back uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, which I would love, but I don't think they need to be in Spider-Man 4. I personally want Kingpin. Let's bring Kingpin back into this. We've had all this buzz about him. He'd be a perfect villain for Spider-Man 4, but Tombstone is also up to some really cool stuff in uh, the current run of Amazing Spider-Man. Tombstone's character is one of the very few bright spots in that run, unfortunately. It's the first thing I thought of. You know, no wonder why Tombstone is kind of coming out randomly in the comics. Well, probably because they hadn't planned for something that didn't happen. And now members are hoping that it still does. Next on the list, this is at number five. We have Spider-Man issue number 30, Ezekiel Sims, the villain in Madam Web, who is not dressed up in the comics, but on screen, clearly the Spider-Man vibe of the film. He's like jumping around, doing flips. And he's in a Spidey suit, and I don't like it. There is so much Spider-Man on this list, you've got to be up on your Spider-Man keys. And how do you do that? Get the Key Collector app. Download the best app for Android or iOS. Use code TOM101 for two free weeks. Yes, support the show and enhance your comic knowledge in an increase of over 500%. Are people just dumping their books? And that's kind of the question to the community. They're trending because they're available and they're so affordable. And I think people are just getting out while they still can. So this book does have about $30 average raw sales. However, we did just see a 9.8 sell for $250 last week. That doesn't sound that bad, but when you consider the most recent sale after that was $110, but the all-time record high for this book was $520 back in 2021 during the comic boom. So that's not so good. Which brings us to number four on the list with Distorted Number One. We got another Scout Comics announcement being picked up. Another one to add to their optioned titles list. We are seeing $4 average sales and a high 9.8 for $99.95. There was one other sale of a 9.8 at only $80. But there are three 9.8s on the census, and I'm going to assume that more people will be getting these graded. That's why you should look for raw copies and not just pull the trigger on a 9.8. Scout makes really nice quality books. Their paper quality is high. They do grade very high when you get them. And you figure a lot of times a shop may have bought extra copies, and they're still sitting on the shelf. Go hunting for them. The thing I remember most about this book was the lighting, that blue highlights all throughout it when characters use their superpowers. Because this is a superpower world. It's got that, remember the movie uh, Jumper with Hayden Christensen? I remember that it exists. I didn't see it. But yes. I got vibes of that movie, which I really enjoyed, which is why I like this issue number one. This book is seeing a 900% increase in copies sold, and I think that's the biggest increase when you look at all the books on this list. So congrats to Distorted for that one. But yeah, like Tom mentioned, that blue is really striking, and we don't know if this is going to be a live-action or animated series, but I would almost rather see an animated series and have them lean into the art style that's on display in this book. It's a really, really striking book when you look at it. Crashdown, number one debut this week. Thank you so much to all this community support. It's been amazing, and we want to give some recognition, and we're going to keep doing this throughout the week, of retailers who backed Crashdown and made their own retailer variant. Shout out Davis Ryder Comics for bringing this. Zahad Shaw. New Mutants 87 homage to the first appearance of Cable by Rob Liefeld to press that will be released during Megacon. But that's not all. We got another one on deck from Big Time Collectibles, our friends over there from Ryan Kincaid. He also provided another cover for our comic with a glorious portrait shot of our lead character, Allison, on the front. 
Our buddies over at Unknown Comics teamed up with Frank Kadar to release one of the spiciest variants that's coming out for Crashdown. All three of these stores will be selling these on Whatnot throughout Megacon weekend, and that's only the start of the list. But stay tuned. We got to get back to it and talk about the match. I was worried you were going to derail the whole show and go through all the covers right now. But yeah, I'm glad we're getting back to the list because we got we got some 90s image stuff to talk about. Uh, I say we, but I mean Russ because I don't know. This is a black spot for me. <laughs> Russ is going to handle this one. This is Darker Image number one from 1993. $3 average sales, a high sale of $135 for a 9.8 that just happened last week. So this is the first appearance of Blood Wolf, who was created by Rob Liefeld. The first appearance of Death Blow, who was created by Jay Lee. And an early story appearance of the Max, created by Sam Keith. If you're a kid like me who was growing up in the early 1990s, you went out and bought every single one of these. And you know why you want a raw copy? Because they're polybagged. You need four copies. You need one that's open so you can read it. And you need three copies that has the Max card, one that has the Death Blow card, one that has the Blood Wolf card. And that's why you want to favor getting these raw copies. Yeah, $3 average sales. There's a lot of kids out there that bought these. I know they're in collections, but the fact that we had an all-time record high of $401 in February 2019, crazy. I think it's come down a whole lot now, and that's why we're seeing only 135 for a recent 9.8, but that's still a 400% increase in copies sold. I think because Max number one was on the list last week, we are seeing people finding more of these early Max keys, and it's a little bit of a speculator's heaven right now because there are a lot of copies out there. There's a lot of high-grade copies out there, and if this Channing Tatum Max movie actually happens, there is potential for growth. Aren't you glad that we have an LCS owner on the show? (laughs) Next on the list is number two, Ultimate Invasion number one, the second print featuring the new Ultimate Spider-Man right on the cover, and it's hitting $20 average sales, $40 for a high raw sale. This book wasn't being graded until Ultimate Spider-Man came out last week, which is probably why we see a pre-sale of this book on the list of $130 for a CGC 9.8. And I'm not done tapping the LCS knowledge. We knew Ultimate Spider-Man was special. We read it before the show last week, and we knew that this was going to be huge. It made it on the list at number one. What was it like at the LCS? We could not answer the phone fast enough. Everyone was looking for Ultimate Spider-Man. Whether they were driving around town and going, I've stopped at five other shops. Do you have a copy? And I'm like, I'm really sorry. It sold out everywhere. This thing was scorching hot. Regardless of how many copies anyone ordered, you did not order enough copies of Ultimate Spider-Man number one. I have another question. Most of the time when there's this type of like hype, there's some type of like cover interest, investment focus, people wanting to flip the book vibe. Did you get any of that from these calls, even at all? Or did people just want to read it? Strangely enough, a lot of times you do get those people who are like, hey, can I buy five copies of this? And you know they're a flipper. But no, it's like, I heard that this new Hickman Spider-Man is amazing. I just want to read it. And that was absolutely the vibe we were getting. I think that's why we're seeing an increase of 254% in copies sold for this which is could be a best described as a prequel to the new Ultimate Universe, because this is actually how it was created. It was through this four-issue series where we see a alt-retelling of Peter Parker's origin story, kind of. But this book features them on the cover. It's lower print. And I think that's why it's getting the love now. Something else that's getting a love is the preview appearance of this character in the free Marvel previews number 26 
I don't know how you feel about that, but depending on your definition of first appearance, there's all sorts of versions of this book on the list. But as somebody who loved Ultimate Invasion, who's all over Jonathan Hickman and this Ultimate Universe he's creating over there, go read this book however you can. It's really, really good, and it deserves to be, like, the hottest book right now. And that brings us to the number one most trending selling book in the world, and it's astonishing. And we're going to get to it. But I got to show you more Crashdown covers because we teamed up with Nerdy Girl Comics, our good friend, who has a gorgeous, vibrant Gonzo cover that she'll be releasing at Megacon as well. Thank you for supporting the show. Wait till you see the animated preview for that cover because it is mind-blowing and beautiful. I love that one especially. Shout out to our editor, Chalen, who put that one together. We've also got another one on deck from Carnivore Comics featuring a variant cover that I helped procure from a very talented artist named Alex Ekman Lawn. It's a gorgeous, creepy collage cover that I am quite fond of. And that one is also on deck very soon. And last but not least, we have Trinity Comics with an incredible Ivan Tao cover. You're going to want to get every single one of them, guys. They're so good. Yo, shout out to Trinity, Nerdy Girl, as well as my homie Sean, Carnivore Comics. On Friday at 5 p.m. on the Megacon floor, we're going to be at the Carnivore Comics booth with Ben Templesmith doing a signing. So we'll see you in Florida. And let's talk about the number one most trending book in the world. It's Madam Webb. ASM 210. Yes! It's happening <laughs> yeah, yeah. again. Oh, I'm so excited. Do you, you feel guys. good? I'm Why so... are they are they buying it because they're getting out? Is it too cheap and it's OG ASM? You got to buy it so you can have something to read when you're in the Amazon studying spiders With before your mom? you die. Just, uh... <laughs> How do you feel about it? Because the book is hitting $110 average sales, $750 for a 9.8. Dude, this book was trending at eight to nine hundred. While trailers were being debuted, and it's trending under now. Depends on your outlook, I guess. Maybe you're an optimist. Maybe this book is so hot and it's selling so many copies because everyone's really excited for this movie. Or maybe uh, people have a bunch and they want to sell it before the movie comes out and everybody turns out to hate this whole character and this premise. Either way, we're seeing a 267% increase in copies sold compared to last week, so we'll just have to wait and see, I guess? They released promotional posters this week, and immediately the internet started memeing them. That's how much respect this movie is is calling. That's really great. But <laughs> we did, in fact, have Sydney Sweeney on Hot Ones this week, one of my favorite shows where everyone goes out and eats a whole lot of hot wings. She chatted about the costume fitting. They briefly talked about the Spider-Verse movie. But what was discussed this past week I don't think is good news. It, it sounds rather bad. My opinion is that they might be getting out ahead of this and trying to do some damage control before the movie comes out. Because Dakota Johnson, the uh, the star of this movie, just had an interview with Entertainment Weekly. And uh, she claimed from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey before this. You know, that's kind of a different tone of movie. This was a direct quote of hers from this Entertainment Weekly interview. I've never really done a movie where you're on a blue screen and there's fake explosions going off and someone's going, explosion, and you act like there's an explosion. That, to me, was absolutely psychotic. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good at all. I hope that I did an okay job, but I trusted the director, S.J. Clarkson. She works so hard, and she has not taken her eyes off this movie since we started. How does that make you feel, Russ? Because I can't help but think she's trying to get ahead of it saying, yo, if the acting's bad, it's because I just they were just screaming at me to act, and, and I did what I could. 
don't think there are any blue screens in Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm pretty sure they didn't have any blue screens in Fifty Shades of Grey, guys. But really, you have to look at, on the other side of the coin, like the Avatar The Last Airbender TV series coming out on Netflix, they showed a reaction video of all of the actors to the trailer after they had added all of the special effects in, and it's incredible to see their reactions to this. So, yeah, while she may not have had the best experience you know doing this being able to see it when it's finally done with all the special effects could be the extra icing on the cake let us know what you think in the comment section below like and subscribe this is your last week to join our newsletter on comictom101.com there's a window that just loads up right upon landing it enters you to win our asm 300 giveaway we're doing at the end of this month and all giveaways going forward we appreciate your time today i'll see you at megacon as always geek responsibly And I will also be at Megacon. I'll see you there. Nuff said.